Good morning. Today's today's scripture is from John 9, 1 through 12. As he went along, he saw a man blind from birth. His disciples asked him, Rabbi, who sinned, this man or his parents, that he was born blind? Neither this man nor his parents sinned, said Jesus, but this happened so that the works of God might be displayed in him. As long as it is day, we must do the works of him who sent me. Night is coming when no work can be done. While I am in the world, I am the light of the world. After saying this, he spit on the ground, made some mud with the saliva, and put it on the man's eyes. Go, he told him, wash in the pool of Siloam. This word means scent. So the man went and washed and came home seeing. His neighbors and those who had formerly seen him begging asked, Isn't this the same man who used to sit and beg? Some claimed that he was. Others said, No, he only looks like him. But he himself insisted, I am the man. How then, are, how then were you... How then were your eyes opened, they asked. He replied, the man they called Jesus made some mud and put it on my eyes. He told me to go to Siloam and wash. So I went and washed, then I could see. Where is this man, they asked. I don't know, he said. Oh, good morning. It's good to be with you today and uh, happy to uh, be gone for several days for vacation. It was nice to, to get away and to uh, see the sun <laughs> and the ocean, and it was just very nice. And we just, uh, Diane and I and the, the dog went, and um, the dog will, doesn't complain about pictures, so that's why you've seen pictures of her and not Diane or myself. Um, so... Uh, we had a great time, and it was so nice to get away. We caught up with some friends from the from the past, some of them from here, and uh, got to have some meals with them. We worship at, worshiped on the, a chapel that was at the beach, and there was a. They of course say, you know, where are you from? And so we said, Ohio, we said Columbus, Ohio, uh, and like this one lady down from Diane like broke her neck to turn turn really quick, and she was from Sugar Creek. And then there was a lady from right here in Spring Grove who worships with Worthington Christian who knew several of you, <laughs> and uh, her last name was Bueller, and uh, some of some people from here. So it was awesome to always go and worship and find people that you don't know but know things about you or things where you're from. This morning I wanted to recognize, I wasn't sure if Todd would do it, in the welcome, but I wanted to recognize our veterans. And if you would stand, if you were a veteran or a serving member, if you would please stand at this time, if you are able, please. Thank you. Thank you. Thank you for your service. I wanted to read this, this uh, reading says, thank you for your sacrifice. You gave your strength, your youth, and your time. You did a job that, that uh, not many will. You deserve our respect, and you do still. Though you didn't give your life, you were a willing soul. Only your brothers in combat, uh, your suffering truly know. We love that you were here with us and honor you and honor who you are. A grateful nation appreciates, appreciates every single scar 
that wrote upon the slate of you. Though you were very brave, you came back to us as a hero. You are not quite the same, for you have learned to bear the weight of defending freedom's call. But you did come back, and that's what we give thanks for most of all. So thank you, those who have served us well, and I once again honor you. Thank you. Yesterday, as we were driving back, and uh, a song came on the radio I'd never heard from an off an, a, a singer I'd never heard of, but it was about the time that we knew the funeral for Tom was going on, and it's uh, we were pray- prayerful and thinking of the family while we were away, and uh, this verse came up in this song, and it, it reminded me of the whole Daggett clan, and I'm, I'm sure they're probably listening, so I will not hide myself because they will find me. But uh, this, this uh, verse of this song, just toward the end of the song, and again, the, off, the uh, singer I'd never heard and the, the song I'd never heard, but it was called, uh, I, I remember, I think it was called When You Were Young, because I actually Googled it, Googled it to find it. But it says, yeah, I hope when we get to heaven, he looks at us all like we were kids. Shameless and painless and perfect, perfect and ageless. Forgives all the wrong we did, and no matter how much time goes by, <clears throat> I hope we never have to grow up. And he'll say, for, for worse or for better, from now till forever, I will always remember you young. And I, <clears throat> for those of you, who, that was uh, the, the, the singer was Thomas Rhett. And uh, if, for those of you who know the, the Daggett family as, and love them as we all do, we know that they're a little ornery. <laughs> we know that they have lived family lives and lives that, that make a difference, uh, not only to them, but to us. And so we definitely mourn with them and share with them uh, this loss of Tom. And, uh, and again, as I heard this song, it just reminded me of his, his spirit in his, uh, his uh, spunk. And I think that's, that's how God sees us, through the blood of Christ. He sees us as innocent and young and ageless. And uh, we will certainly miss him. As, uh, as we look through our lesson today, um, <clears throat> there's a song that's on, the, on Christian radio right now. It's called Hallelujah for the Cross. And as I heard this song over and over, it's a beautiful song, and I'd, I would like to play it. We don't really have the time to do it today, but I will send it out on a link that you can listen to later. But it's a beautiful song about, about being free. And as I put the song and this sets of, set of scriptures together for today, it reminds me of being free and of this blind man who was made free. And as, as you read through this, you, you kind of see whistleblowers and you hear different sides of stories and people not wanting to see the truth. But it's a beautiful story that even relates to today of how things happen and yet the world doesn't see. As we've seen from the scriptures that Terry read for us, it's a story of a man who was born blind. And the conversation was not that they cared that he was blind. They cared that he or his parents had sinned and caused the blindness. And Jesus said, neither this man nor his parents sinned, 
But this happens so that the works of God might be displayed in him. And that's kind of the crowning voice or verse that I would like us to remember. Because all of us have things that happen in our lives. They happen to us and we don't understand why. And, and in our class this morning, we were talking about Saul turning to Paul. And we were learning about and hearing about how his life was changed. And, and I thought of this verse even then. What had happened to him was displayed so that the works of God might be displayed in him. So I want you to keep that in mind as, as we go through our lesson today. As that story continues, um, there was... The, um, he, the, the blind man was in a spot where he was hopeless. He was desperate. He was in darkness. In verse 13, it says, They brought the Pharisees to the man who had been blind. And now the day on which Jesus had made the mud and opened the man's eyes was on the Sabbath. And therefore the Pharisees asked him uh, how he received his sight. And he said, He put the mud on my eyes. And the man explained, I washed and now I see. Some of the Pharisees says, this man is not from God because he does not keep the Sabbath. But others ask, how can a sinner perform such signs? And so they were divided. As you read those verses, you realize there are always two sides to every coin. No matter how good, how right it is, there are always two sides. And so some people saw this great thing that happened and, and, and even realized that it had to be from God, but they still couldn't believe it. And the other side, uh, you know, his eyes are open. The, the results are here and obvious. How do you not believe? So they turned again to the blind man. What have you to say about him, this man Jesus? It, it, it was your eyes that were opened. And the man replied, he is a prophet. They did not believe that he had been blind and had... Um, oops, 18. Um, they, they had not believed that he was blind and, uh, and, was, that, and was healed. And it says, and so they ask him, is the parents of this, son, this boy, they ask him, is this the son that you said was, blind, was born blind? How can he see? And the man's parents answered, we are certain that he is our son, and we know that he was born blind. So here, the parents are saying, this is our son. He was born blind. And we know that this happened to him. But then they said in verse 21, but we don't know how he got his sight or who gave it to him. Ask him. He is old enough to speak for himself. Now, the story behind this is, I had to research this a little bit. Because it goes on to say the man's parents said this because they were afraid of the Jewish leaders. And the leaders had already agreed that anyone who had anything to do with Jesus and said he was the Messiah were to be thrown out of the synagogue. So this, this, this couple, valuing the synagogue in their lives and in their, their faith, knew that if they said that this man was Jesus, that they were going to be cast out. They would be cast away from their friends and all that they knew. So they said, ask, ask our son. He will tell you. He is, he is of age. He can speak for himself. So the leaders called the man back and said, Swear by God to tell the truth. We know that Jesus is a sinner. And the man replied, I don't know if he is a sinner or not. All that I know is I used to be blind, but now I see. This man who had 
Jesus had touched had reached out to Jesus. Jesus reached out to him. And now this beautiful thing that had happened to him is being overshadowed by the fact that it was on the Sabbath that this man was being called Jesus. And this man, this young man, all I can see is, I can see. I can see. What does it matter? I've always thought about this story where the four guys lowered their friend in front of Jesus through the house, through the roof. And, and, you know, because they wanted to get him at the feet of Jesus. And, and Jesus says to him, your sins are forgiven. And I can see the guys on the roof going, no, the legs, the legs, he can't walk. And I've always, you know, I just see, because I, I know myself and I know people around me. We don't see things the way Jesus sees them. But Jesus saw this in that and this case saw this beautiful occasion to make make himself known so anyway the boy all he wants all he wants people to know is he can see he had never seen before and this was a beautiful thing and now people were unhappy about who did it and it seemed to not matter to him and so again he said verse 27 the man answered i've already told you once and you refuse to listen why do you want me to tell you again do you also want me or do you also want me to become his disciples and the leaders insulted the man and said you are his follower we are followers of moses and we are sure that god spoke to moses but we don't even know where this jesus comes from how strange the man replied he healed my eyes Yet you don't know where he comes from. I love that reply. I love that reply because here are these leaders pressing him about Jesus is a sinner. And what he says, I don't know where he comes from. He healed my eyes. He made me whole. Obviously, he's of God. That I added that, but that was his, I believe, his inference. We know that God only listens to people who love and obey him. God doesn't listen to sinners, and this is the first time in history that anyone has ever given sight to someone born blind. Jesus could not do anything unless it came from God. And that was this young man. That was this young man who made this statement. He gave God the credit, he gave God the glory. And he tried to help these leaders understand. In verse 34, the leaders told the man, you have been a sinner since the day you were born. Do you think that you can teach us anything? Then he said, you can never come back into our meeting places. When Jesus heard what had happened, he went and found the man. And then Jesus asked, do you have faith in the son of man? He replied, sir, if you will tell me who he is, I will put my faith in him. You've already seen him. Jesus answered, and right now he's talking to you. The man said, Lord, I put my faith in you. And then he worshiped Jesus. Jesus told him, I come to judge the people of this world. I am here to give sight to the blind and make, the, and make blind everyone who can see. When the Pharisees heard, this, heard Jesus say this, they asked, are we blind? And Jesus answered, if you were blind, you would not be guilty. But now that you claim to see, you will keep on being guilty. That chapter is a very interesting chapter to me 
And it's, I mean, it reminds me of just our current day uh, news cycle of people not believing, believing, facts being facts, uh, and then other things being inflated. And, and we're missing the picture. <laughs> we're missing the picture that Jesus brought sight to this blind man. And that man is crazy, excited, ecstatic that he can now see. And there's all this grumbling and denial of the one who made it happen. And that man was Jesus. I was blind, but now I see. And and hallelujah for the cross of Jesus. I wanted to... I think sometimes that hallelujah... And there's actually... it's, It's amazing when you do some research on things, they have a chart for usage of the word hallelujah. And it's in the 1900s, it was very high. And the only higher time is our current day. Like 2010, I think, was the last time. And the word hallelujah is being used more and more and more in our time period than any time period that it's recorded. And of course, that's on the internet, so... Who knows? (laughs) But it helps me make a point that hallelujah is important to us. And hallelujah means God be praised. God be praised. And so when I thought about these two stories, these two things, the the song and then the, the scripture account, this hallelujah for the cross just became more and more important to me. And the story, as the song goes... Because it kind of mimics this young man who was blind, who couldn't see, who was helpless, who was lost. And only because of Jesus, his life was different. And the song goes like this. It says, I would be hopeless without your goodness. I would be desperate without your love. Slave to the darkness if it wasn't for the cross. You have won me with your kindness, chased me down when I was lost. Where would I be if it wasn't for the cross? Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I was a prisoner, and now I'm not. With your blood, you brought my freedom. Hallelujah for the cross. All my shame was met with mercy. Now your mercy will be my song. And oh, oh, the glory, the power of the cross. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I was a prisoner, and now I'm not. Oh, wash with your blood, you brought my freedom. Hallelujah for the cross. And by your stripes, I am healed. And by your death, I live. The power of sin is overcome. It is finished. It is done. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I was a prisoner and now I'm not. With your blood, you brought my freedom. Hallelujah for your, cro- for your cross. I thank you for the cross, Jesus. And I thank you, for, thank you for the cross. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I was a prisoner and now I'm not. With your blood, you brought my freedom. Hallelujah for the cross. I'd like for us all to read that together. I know he just skipped it. Go ahead. Go back. I'd like for us to read this together um, because I believe that this is a praise that we, could, we can sing and that we can say and realize that it's important. Let's say it together. 
I thank you for the cross, Jesus, and I thank you for the cross. Hallelujah. Thank you, Jesus. I was a prisoner, now I'm not. With your blood, you brought my freedom. Hallelujah for the cross. So what do we do? How do we lift our hallelujahs? How do we make that known? How can we make our praise known to God? There are several things we can do. One of them is we can lift up our hands. And I know that is a, a way misunderstood thing in our world, and, and it has been ruined uh, in our minds by things that we've seen and don't understand, and therefore we've not done it all of our lives, so we don't do it. Um, but raising our hands to God is to recognize him. When we raise our hands, we are usually do it during a time that we're particularly touched and we want to reach out and to praise him. So we can do it by symbolically. We can also do it in our service. We can also lift our hands to be of help and to service to those around us. We can also praise God through songs that glorify him. We can sing about the cross. And that's why I ask uh, my youngest brother who... um, I know this is being recorded, but I know my youngest brother who is away from God and has been for, for quite a while. <clears throat> but as I was preparing for this lesson, <clears throat> he sent me two different clips, two different video clips of hymns that we sang when we grew up. <clears throat> and <clears throat> I couldn't help but see and to know that he was still touched by what we learned way back. And <clears throat> most of those were the songs that we sang leading up into afterward. And they were a, a group called Anthem Lights, just kind of an acapella group. Beautiful, beautiful music. But when I received those as I was preparing for this a week and a half ago, I, I was so touched by that that even though... Um, he is where he is. He's still touched. He still knows um, that God loves him. And um, we are blessed by that. I am blessed by that. So we can use those songs to glorify him and to remind us of what God has done for us. Number three is something that I so appreciate because I can't do it. <laughs> I am not an artist. I do appreciate artists. I teased Terry on the way up here. I like the robins up here today. And he told me he, told me he was going to kill me. So I know that they are doves. And I appreciate, so appreciate artwork because I can't do it. But I appreciate it. And I can see people's heart come out when they draw, when they put things together, when they sing, when they act. When they do different things that use their gifts and talents, I'm always blessed and always amazed by that because they have a gift. They have a gift. I am blessed to, be, to have appreciation for that because I don't have those gifts. My stick people are even not right. So when people, we can praise God and we can give a hallelujah to God by using art as a form of praise to make use of your God-given talents. Whether it's artistic, whether it's a meal, whatever it is that you can do, use that gift to praise and honor, honor God. 
Number four is that we can read scriptures that inspire us to praise God. This last week, even though uh, we were away, you always hate being away when things are happening, but things are always happening. Um, and so I had the opportunity this week to, uh, to reach out and send scriptures uh, daily uh, to the Daggett family. And I only tell you that because I received uh, texts back from them saying, I needed to see that. This has been a bomb for my soul. This has helped to carry us through this time. And what a simple, simple thing, but to keep scripture in front of you and to keep it alive, and especially at such a time as, as this week was for them. But we need to have the scriptures of the day. We need to keep it in front of us and, and be blessed by it. And number five is to praise God by sharing his goodness with others. That young man was trying so hard. <laughs> he was trying so hard to say, look what God has done for me. Well, that man's a sinner. He did it on the Sabbath. He's calling himself God. Yes, because he is God. And that same God works in your life and in my life. And the slide that we haven't got to yet. Pop those slides there. There's a slide with a small note. Jared? Thank you. (laughs) Thank you. There's a small note. And and I mentioned this a couple weeks ago in our Wednesday night class. There's somebody around town, and I actually have seen recently an article in the dispatch about this person. Uh, On different freeways, there's signs that say, you are worthy, you are loved. And they're just handwritten. But they're big banners. And they're just... Like I I had mentioned in the Wednesday night class, how blessed I was by seeing that. It's just a reminder, just a reminder how blessed we are. And so this small note that says, one thing I know is I was blind, but now I see. That young man didn't know all of scripture. He didn't even know who he was talking to was Jesus. But he knew that he was blind and now he sees. And I can't, help that he, I can't help but think that he wasn't saying, hallelujah, hallelujah for this Jesus. And later he was able to say, hallelujah for the cross, because that man died for me. What do, you, what do we see in Jesus? Who do you see in Jesus? That's the question that we need to think about as we finish this out today. Who, what do you see in Jesus? The... Um, the card here before I left for vacation, uh, Kelly wanted the uh, the information, and believe it or not, the inner email could not get from my office across the hall to her office. It just wasn't happening, so I wrote it out, and in her my lousy handwriting, she mistook it. But it's for, on the blue cards. If you have those, John nine five is the verse, and not John five five. If you look at John five five, that would that's a funny verse that you don't have to memorize. But it's just kind of a funny verse, like, what in the world? But it's 9-5. And that verse, that verse to us, remember, is while I am in the world, I am the light of the world. When the whole world was in the darkness of sin, Jesus is the light of the world. We need to remember that. We're coming upon a season where the world is, once again, putting Jesus in the forefront. And we need to make sure that he is seen and known 
and, and, and talked about. Because when he lives in us, when his light shines through us, the world sees it. The world sees it. They hear it. And they, they give God the praise. So memorize that verse. Read all of that chapter of John 9. Just a beautiful chapter of, of God working and man being man. And then the, the challenge for this week is to give thanks to the cross. Give thanks to the, gro- the cross. Give your hallelujah for the cross. Because without that cross, without that Jesus who hung on that cross, Diane was reading um, the Yancey book, The Jesus I Never Knew. Um, we both got it when Todd started using it. We're way behind, obviously. <laughs> that sermon series is way done, but she's just finishing it up. But it reminded me of a s- story that was in there that I had heard before about a, a jewelry, jewelry counter and there was these crosses. And this lady was looking at crosses. She was interested in this seller, was trying to sell her a cross. And they were shown the gold ones and the, finely, the fine ones. And then the ones that were a little more rugged. And the lady says, and oh, and here's a little man on this one. And that story was recounted in the, the book that, uh, that, that, that Jesus I Never Knew. And I remember that. And we so do not want that to happen. We don't want to be Jesus, just a little guy on a piece of jewelry that is forgotten. His light needs to shine through us and from us. We need to praise him in all that we do. And we need to give glory and thanks to the cross. So as we come to the end of this, this, this lesson, I hope that you've seen a story of the amazing Jesus, the amazing Jesus, through all the craziness of man, did his thing, honored his father, blessed this young man, and brought his word to those people. They knew who he was. And if they didn't before, they did then. And the same thing for us, that we know who he is, and that we lift him up, and that we make him known, and that we are his lights in this dark world, and we can make that difference. I hope that you can do that. I hope that you will recognize that, take that challenge, and give God the praise for the cross. We talk about the cross a lot. Don't let it become that little man on that piece of jewelry. It's much in a similar way. Sometimes our veterans get that same, same thing. They don't get the honor that they deserve for serving us and making us free, helping us to be free in a country sense. Jesus made us free in a spiritual sense to have that great relationship with God. Hallelujah for the cross. Amen? Let's live that and follow it. If you have need to respond to the gospel of Christ in any way, if there's any way that we can uh, encourage you and help you make it known while we stand and sing.